welcome to ESPN The Far Post podcast. My name is Marissa Lordanik and we're back for another grand final special. We'll have two guests on from the two competing grand final teams. So we're very lucky today joining us, us being me, Anna, Angela and Sam, is Sydney FC's Claire Wheeler. Claire, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the Far Post uh, podcast. It's uh, here and every now and again, and yeah, really happy to be here. <laughs> so Claire, this is your first grand final. You must be absolutely buzzing. What's been happening this week ever since the win over Canberra? How have you been feeling? Yeah, look, I've um, definitely been buzzing. Um, but as mentioned before, it's it's one game. Um, we all obviously have one game to go and it'd be an amazing season to win the double. Uh, by all means, you know, we're, we're all really happy with the season that we've had um, to win the minor premiership and um, do what we've done. But I think, you know, come this Sunday, we understand we still have one more game to go and we need to turn up and make sure that, you know, when we reverse victory, we turn up and we get the job done. Clara, finals goal and assist for you. We know that players love stepping up in big games. How special was it for you to make your finals debut for Sydney and I guess make such an impact yeah look it's um it's, it's kind of even ironic I think the last time I was uh, in the finals it was against Sydney and we um, went down an extra time so it'd be good to be on uh, now on the winning end and to make the grand final my first grand final in the W League um, so it is um it's amazing to to get a goal and to get an assist but at the end of the day I'm just happy that we won and that we um able to be in the final dance on Sunday um, and yeah, hopefully, I come away with some more silverware this season. Uh, I guess, um, yeah, you made the move from being at the Jets for quite a while to Sydney. Has there been any players this year that have been really exciting to play alongside, or um, yeah, that have been yeah a joy to play with? I guess. Yeah, look, it's hard to just pick a few names. I think the one strength that Sydney has is the whole team, um, but. In particular, um, I really enjoy playing with Courtney Vine. Um, I played with her um, at Young Matildas and a little bit at Sydney Uni when she was there. So be able to play back with um, Courtney was been, has been great. Um, but also Jada uh, Wyman in goals. Um, you know, she's amazing. She pulls really big saves for us when we need it and keeps us in the game. And um, I always love playing with Jada and just having that confidence um, with her is amazing. So they're two key players that um, I'd love to play uh, with again. And um, well, I've really enjoyed playing with them at um, Sydney FC this season. Claire, you mentioned, well, obviously you scored a goal, you assisted a goal and scoring goals are, is not really something that you had been known for really previous to this season. Is that something that Ante Juric had encouraged you to do? Yeah, look, it's kind of turned into like a little running joke, you know, no goals in like seven seasons and then getting uh, for this season of Sydney FC. So it, it is great um, by all means. I'm really happy and hopefully I can make four um, or I can make more than just four this season. So hopefully the one game left, hopefully I've got some more goals in me. But um, by all means, when I uh, spoke to Ante about the prospect of moving, he was really keen on me being more further up the park. Um, obviously, you know, Sydney FC had a great defensive midfielder in Teresa Pelaya. She's been an absolute um, legend for the club and she's an amazing player. And I knew going there that I needed to kind of increase um, my toolkit in a sense and have um, something else to provide the team. And this year it's been further up the park and, um, you know, I've been glad to be able to get more goals. But at the end of the day, um, I don't measure my success in goals. I guess they're just a good byproduct of uh, performing. Um, and yeah, if I can assist the team in any way, I will. Uh, but goals are, yeah, just something that I like to have and I'll hopefully get some more soon. How do you measure your success if it's not by goals? 
Um, I think it's like a combination of things. Um, you can measure success by, um, you know, it's really good, um, you know, in terms of the W League, they have like a lot of stats and stuff like that. So for a midfielder, you can do passing, accuracy, touches, um, those kind of things, you know, defensive duels one. Um, so goals obviously win games, but, you know, being in more defensive role um, previously, sometimes that's not always how you measure your success. So um, obviously, you know, goals are great, but I look at, try to look at the holistic picture and um, make sure that I'm not only just supporting up front, but I'm also doing my role in defence as well. It seems like, Clay, you've really added more strings to your bow and just on your own development, looking at some of the players sort of who would have been around your young Matilda's cohort, like, um, I guess, Charlie Grant, um, Dylan Holmes obviously wasn't young Matilda's, but it's sort of around your age, um, even Betty Goders in Germany. Do you see yourself heading over to Europe at some point? Is that something you'd like to explore? Yeah, it's something that um, I'm interested in. Um, it's not something that I think I consider this year. Um, obviously, with COVID and also with my employment commitments, it's not something that's um, on my immediate horizon, but it is something that I think would be an experience I would want to have. Um, it's great to see the game, you know, um, expand in the way it has. And obviously, with the Champions League um, in women's football, it's an amazing prospect to hopefully one day be a part of and participate in that. Um, and I think obviously as well, having a, a full home and away season and having a full, you know, one year commitment with a club can never, you know, hinder an athlete's performance, um, having that and being able to play teams from different countries. So it is something I would like to do, but is it on the immediate horizon um, for me personally? Um, you know, no, I'd rather just see how I go this year in MPL and just keep chipping away um, at my professional career outside of football as well. You mentioned work, Claire, and I understand that work was one of the big reasons why you moved down from Newcastle to Sydney. How has it been trying to juggle those two things, particularly in the lead up to the finals? Yeah, um, it is something that I've juggled and by all means, it, it's not my story alone. There's a lot of other girls who've had to juggle um, competing commitments throughout the year. Um, Teresa Polias, for example, um, couldn't travel with us to Perth due to her work commitments. So there are plenty of other girls who are juggling full-time work. And for myself, on a personal note, um, you know, my work's been really accommodating, you know, flexible working hours and I work from home most days a week. So um, it is a bit tiring, um, not only from work uh, perspective in regards to the hours that um, I do at work full time and then training as well but also in regards to the leave you have to take um, personal leave to be able to go and play uh, your football and do that um, it does add up um, and by all means as mentioned it's not my story alone but I don't think any anyone would trade um, would anyone would have it any other way um, I think obviously it'd be great to have a full uh, time gig um, but I obviously, I think it's important to have something else on the side as well. Um, and for me, I'm happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing and I'll keep doing that for the time being. Just to touch on that, Claire, how much would you then as a player who's not looking at going to Europe or doubling up um, for you, how important would it be to see a full home and away season, for example, come in? Because if, if you've got things like, I guess, Matilda's aspirations in the mm -hmm. future, you, you really need to be playing more than 14 pro games a year. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree um, with you, Anna, there in regards to having a full home and away season would definitely benefit the players um, and obviously making sure that we're at that level of fitness and at that level of intensity that if you did get caught in to a camp that you're not, um, there's not 
such a big parity um, between the players. And um, I think it'd be great um, and looking forward to having, you know, the Australian and New Zealand 2023 World Cup. I think it's a great opportunity for us and even uh, potentially New Zealand if we extend um, the clubs um, and looking at, you know, making, you know, the W League one of the best leagues. Um, and even, you know, there's questions in regards to do we, you know, um, even though we don't have a Champions League, but do we look into potentially like a, a female Asian Cup? I know there was a few tournaments um, for a couple of years pre-COVID, but um, outside COVID, how does that competition look and how that can be incorporated in the W League or? Um, it's been a bit of an, uh, I guess, an interesting season and a, a, a different one, I guess, to the usual format. And there's been quite a lot of, I guess, competitive matches um, for Sydney. Are there any opponents, I guess, next year that you'd be a little bit scared of coming up against? I've asked that basically everyone that's come on, but I think there was a lot of, um, yeah, a few teams that had that like great run at the end of the season. So yeah, just be interested. Who are you scared of? Yeah, no, great question. I think um, one team I've been really um, impressed with this season was Adelaide. I think um, what they've done in that club is they've really been building the last couple of years. I think they were really unfortunate not to make the finals this year, but, um, you know, they, they, they did defeat us 2-0 uh, last time we versed them and the quality that they have um, is something that um, I really like, appreciate in that team. And I think for seasons to come, they have a lot of girls who are local girls. And if they continue with that, I don't see why they won't make it in the future and be um, such a really strong team. Um, as well as another team, you know, Victory have been strong the last couple of years. So obviously versing them next weekend um, and having the likes of Lisa Devanna, Kari Kunikos, um, Amy Jackson, who's quality on the ball. So um, by all means, we are um, obviously treating them with the respect that they deserve. And um, I'm excited to see what they do next season as well to build from here. Speaking yeah. of that as well, Claire, you know, you defeated Melbourne Victory in order to win the Premiership. Does that give you confidence going into the grand final or do you feel like you almost need to be a little bit more careful because they know how you play now and they've sort of started to figure you out? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I believe that I think it's more, it gives us belief and, and, and a bit of confidence, but, uh, you know, we have to understand that they have a really tight schedule when they burst us. Um, and also Zizerman wasn't starting at that point of time also. So there are different um, key factors to take into account um, for Sunday. And also it's finals football. So anything can happen um, in finals football. So it's, it's 90 minutes and you just got to, whatever team turns up, you're just going to make sure that, you know, you work harder and you win that game. So we just got to make sure that we get the job done on the day. Clay, just one on you. Um, we talked about how you sort of started as more of a defensive midfielder. You're pushing up the park a bit now. Is there anyone that you've really modelled your game on, like a bit a Matildas player, women's player, men's player? Is there anyone that you have really tried to, I guess, model as parts of your game off? Yeah, um, there is a male player that I, I really do like and I take a lot of similarities to. Um, his name's Kante, Lagola Kante. He plays for Chelsea. Um, he's a French player and he's someone who I really enjoy uh, watching play and um, I really like the way he's his industry and he's played both defensive and attacking uh, midfield himself. And um, yeah, that's just a player that I uh, really enjoy to watch and something that I look at in my game. Sam, I might defer to you for the avocado question. If you, if I still got to roll with that. <laughs> An avocado question. So an ongoing theme of uh, our semifinals and now our grand final previews has been the, the great avocado question. So when it comes to pregame meals, mm -hmm. 
do you prefer i mean well are you first of all an avocado on toast person are you allowed to have avocado on toast as part of sydney fc's diet regimen if there is one uh and if not what is your pre-match meal of choice um yeah well uh firstly i am um an avocado on toast kind of gal i don't know if you can hear as well in the background there's like a massive thunderstorm happening um but i am um, an avocado and toast kind of gal um but it isn't my pre-game uh meal um everyone would know on the team um i'm religious in regards to my pre-game meal is an acai bowl so no matter where we're at, um, this year has been really tough because we weren't allowed to leave the hotels due to COVID. So I've had to Uber Eats um, different acai bowls to the hotel throughout the season. But um, I'm religiously uh, all for um, acai bowls with um, some bit of chocolate on top, which is a bit naughty, but it's something I enjoy and I just keep having and yeah, it's done well. Got more than we bargained for with that answer, Claire. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't do that a pass. Is there a pass? No, like, that's good. No, that's no, awesome. That's, that's and it's good. It's good. interesting getting insight into this sort of stuff as well. Like I, I really like finding out the kinds of little personal things that athletes like to do. Like do you, outside of diet stuff, do you have any other mm. like superstitions or routines or rituals that you do, particularly before big games? Um, yeah, look, probably not. Um, apart from obviously having an acai bowl, that's more just like, I think it's important for your gut just to have like a regular thing, especially when you're going through all those nerves um, for a game. But other than that, like so I know some people have to tie their shoelaces a certain number of times or, you know, wear certain things. But um, for myself, I keep it pretty simple and don't uh, tie into those superstitions. Um, just make sure that I eat somewhat similar things every time I play. Claire, who's, uh, who's at the game for you this weekend? Do you have family come up from Newey or mates around Sydney? Are you bringing, is there a, like a cluster of wheelers or anything that come up for this game? Yeah, look, uh, there might be some Nova Cashians, um, a cohort or so, maybe a bus full that's going to travel uh, down to Sydney. Um, by all means, um, it's, I've played a few seasons now and this is a big deal, I guess, to make the grand final. So a lot of the family and friends are going to make the trip um, to come watch my game at Jubilee. So I'm really excited um, for them all to come down. Um, I guess I'm going to have to get over the fact that I'm not in Jets colours anymore, but um, they're just super excited that um, I'm in the role that I am and hopefully yeah get a goal and um, you might see some wheelers jumping around in the stadium is there anyone that you had to particularly break the news to when you left the jets like you just mentioned them not too yeah. happy that you're not in the jets colors anymore uh i guess my dad um you know i've been there for a few years he's got all the all the jerseys and everything and um i had to tell him that he had to get another jersey so he wasn't too uh too impressed they've had to travel all the way to sydney to watch my games but um he's come around and he'll be there this weekend um hopefully in sky blue i'll get him a jersey so it'll be good and speaking of this weekend claire we talked a little bit about teams you're looking forward to playing or perhaps scared of playing next season but when it comes mm -hmm. to this melbourne victory side are there any players that you're particularly excited to come up against and particularly scared to come up against yeah, look, that 6-2 win um, against Brisbane pretty much sums it up that they have such quality up front, um, you know, in the likes of Lisa Devanna, Kara Cooney-Cross, Melina Lairs, um, always being, you know, in the right place in the right time. So I think um, definitely, you know, we're 100% um, looking at their attacking line and what they can do. So it doesn't matter if we are 1-0 up because they'll be able to pull something out if they're given the opportunity. So we're just going to make sure for the full 90 that we limit their opportunities in front of goal. It's really key for us. Also, we didn't mention it at the start, Claire, but congratulations on the Premier's plate. It's sort of <laughs> fallen back into obscurity a little bit, but how special was it for you, one, to get that 
that trophy and the medal? And two, where are you going to keep it? Where are you going to keep your medal and potentially a second one? Yeah, look, um, big questions, big questions. Um, I've recently moved to DY, so I have a new room. So I'm um, still in the process of decorating it. So I guess I've got some options in regards to how I uh, put that one up and hopefully I get two medals. Uh, that'd be great. But um, no, the minor premiership um, means a lot because it's, it's around your effort through the whole season, um, which is huge. And for the club, um, and for the team, you know, we haven't won it um, in over a decade, I think, prior. It's in the FC. So on a club perspective, it's a, it's a really big achievement. And it was just a really good reward for the effort that we had put in um, in pre-season and throughout the season. And it just basically we set these intentions at the start and it's just a pat on the back that we needed to keep going now in the finals. I, another silly question, I guess. But when you win the premiership plate, yeah in a good mood but you can't really celebrate can you because you've got a final in like or like a couple of finals hopefully well in your case um in a couple of days so do you like just earmark earmark the good times for later on to celebrate that achievement in and of itself like I'm just interested about that specifically yeah no definitely I mean um I think there was a live stream or something with us after the game um against victory last time we versed them and we won the premier's plate I mean by all means we were very um happy and and did celebrate a little bit but as you mentioned you know we do understand we have more games to come and um you know potentially make a good season better so um there definitely will be celebrations after uh Sunday hopefully that's because we won the double but by all means uh, we'll still be celebrating a great season then um in regards of whatever the result is on the day. Sorry, Claire, I meant to ask you earlier, um, you got called into that talent ID camp. I think we've talked about it in a story before, but how was that experience for you? And clearly Matilda's is something you'd be hoping for in the future. I guess, where does that all sit for you? Yeah, um, no, it was a great opportunity uh, to be brought back in um, in the talent ID camp and being surrounded by those girls um, who uh, got invited. I guess um, for myself personally, I really enjoyed um, also from a strength and conditioning aspect uh, with Tony Wiggle. Um, he went through also like the data in regards to what kind of at a national team level, what Ks they're running, what speeds they're doing. Um, just to give that perspective, I guess it's kind of hard when you're not in that setup and having access to those GPS data to understand the level of fitness that you need to be at. And also, um, you know, briefly uh, through Zoom, um, obviously meeting Tony and just having his intentions of what he wants the setup to be like going forward um, just provides that clarity in regards to what you need to do. Um, and in his um, talk, you know, he mentioned that a lot of the time, our time is outside of camp. So it's really important um, in regards to what you're doing outside of camp, um, more so sometimes than what you do in camp. So just having that perspective and expectations of what they expect is always good. And hopefully that there is more. Um, I'm not too sure what the setup is in regards to the coming months, but I hope there is more talent ID camps for the girls that are in Australia um, and aren't overseas. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see and um, what they'll do. Speaking of the coming months, Claire, what's your plan? Are you headed back to... Sydney University in the MPL and you're just going to continue to kick on as you did last season? Yeah, uh, definitely um, Sydney Uni through and through. So going back there uh, this season, it'll be definitely a new kind of squad, um, maybe even a rebuild kind of year um, this year. But uh, I really enjoy the club and uh, what they've done for me. And um, I'm still really excited this year. You know, Rachel Lowe uh, from Sydney SC is going to come join me there. So I'm really excited uh, for that season um, with Sydney Uni. 
and you know if there is any you know talent ID camps there'll be definitely something that I'll try my best to make sure that I'm fit and ready um, and doing my best to be selected um, but that would be my thing this year is just focusing on MPL and focusing on my work until we get back into the swing of things for W League. And speaking of Matilda's World Cups we found out earlier this week last week that uh FIFA has decided which cities around Australia and New Zealand are going to be hosting games in 2023. And unfortunately, Newcastle missed out. Were you really disappointed when you learned that? Yeah, look, I think I was a bit surprised. Um, but, you know, obviously there's as people higher up making these decisions and they have the reasons that they have to, to make this decision where the um, cities are, they get to host. Um, and I'm glad, you know, Adelaide, um, uh, another city that I do get to host, um, some of the games as well so um, by all means you know I think wherever they'll play they'll be amazing and we'll get a lot of people coming to come watch these games um, to Australia um, and look we're just going to have to commute from Newcastle I guess to Sydney uh, but in the big scheme of things I think everyone's just happy that we've uh, got the World Cup and it's in Australia slash New Zealand so I think you know in the big scheme of things we'll, we'll be okay Nova Cashians will get over it and we'll forgive and forget. Second big blow to Newcastle after you signed with Sydney, it seems. <laughs> I did want to ask you a couple of things. So your coach, Ante Juric, has been very glowing in his comments on you throughout the season. What's he like as a coach? Um, Ante's amazing. Um, I mean, I can't say, you know, enough about him. Um, I got introduced to Ante um, when I did Young Matildas um, under him for a tour. Um, and, you know, he was amazing. And um, at that time, I think I was playing fullback for him. So wasn't even in the midfield. But, um, you know, he, he I enjoyed his coaching style. And, um, you know, when he first got the job at Sydney, he did reach out. But at that time, you know, I wasn't ready to, to move. I was enjoying my time in, in Newcastle. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say no to him twice. And when he reached out again, um, it was just, you know, the right time for me to do that. And, and um, I've really enjoyed my time with him. You know, he really challenges me to continue to improve myself in terms of making sure, you know, I'm in, when I am in the box that I do think, you know, going forward first and think about shooting, um, which has been a challenge at the start in regards to changing that defensive mindset to a more attacking mindset. Um, but he's been patient with me and just keeps reiterating and keeps giving me confidence to keep doing that. He's a coach where, you know, if you make a mistake, he'll praise you for, you know, the thought rather than sometimes the execution. He understands, you know, that the, the thought is what that counts and you can build the execution later. So, um, no, I really enjoy um, having Arte as a coach and I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity. And just, I suppose, one more from me. So, obviously, there's been lots of chat about Sydney FC. You started off the season so well, so much has kind of happened. What have people not been talking about when it comes to Sydney FC? What have people kind of missed that you all wish everyone knew about and was talking about because it's so great? Um, I think, I guess, something that could be highlighted more would just be that, you know, we're all domestic girls. Um, you know, this league, we understand coming in this season that it'd be more of a domestic kind of league with, you know, obviously the COVID restrictions and the expansion of the European game. And this year, um, even though we've got a lot of girls with a lot of um, W League um, caps, um, with the likes of Alira Toby, um, even Rachel Lowe, but, um, you know, every girls, you know, from, from Australia and an Australian product. And we've been able to, you know, verse teams that have internationals and we've still come out on top. So I think in a reflection, it's a reflection of the league and the products of the league. And that can only be a good thing. Well said, Claire. Yeah, very well said.
Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you the absolute best of luck in the final. We can't wait to watch you on Sunday and see what happens. I'm excited and I hope I see everyone in sky blue. That'd be great. You'll see at least Sam. That, that's, yeah. that's a given. You have a podcast with three Melburnians. Uh, oh, Sam, she was told before, I was like, you can't wear the Sydney shirt, but it's nearby. It's ESPN's The Far Post podcast with me, Marissa Lordanik, and for this chat, Angela Christian Wilkes and Sam Lewis. We had our chat with Claire Wheeler from Sydney FC, and now we're absolutely excited to have Melbourne Victory goalkeeper Gabby Garten joining us. So Gabby, thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Marissa. Pleasure to be here with you guys and looking forward to chatting a bit about the season and what's to come on Sunday. First of all, Gabby, congratulations not only on making the grand final, your first WLE grand final, but also today, which is a Friday, you were named in the PFA's team of the season, which is uh, an award that you're nominated on by your peers. How do you feel about that sort of recognition? Oh, it was a bit overwhelming, actually. Um, like, it's, it was really... I think it's it's almost a greater honor to be selected by um, by you know teammates and and rivals to to have that sort of recognition. So especially having it like as my first season in the W League and um, being part of a new team, it's it's really been probably better than I could have imagined this season. Everything has kind of come together. We've faced some some challenges I think at the initial at the at the start of the season, but um, have been able to really. You know, I think come into our own of late. So hopefully we're able to carry that momentum into the into the grand final. And I think that like most of the other girls on on the in the team that were also, I think there were about six of us in in the PFA squad. So it's a it's a really nice recognition. But at the end of the day, I think we're all eyes on Sunday, and and that's that's probably what we're what we're looking for the most. I think is getting that win. Yeah, um, and you mentioned, so this is your first season in the W League and you come from a pretty unique background, I suppose, from Women's State League and then coming into, yeah, Melbourne Victory. Can you speak to that a little, that transition? How has it been? And I guess both, I guess, logistically and for yourself um, personally, that jump. Yeah, so I guess it it was more the decision to play State League was kind of, a bit about my lack of knowledge about the the Australian football, um, I guess, scheme. Um, it's also, it was the club, I, I was going to be playing at Essendon Royals, but the season got cancelled um, because of COVID here in Victoria. But uh, it was kind of the club that offered the most stable situation for me and coming from overseas, coming with my partner. Uh, I just needed something that I knew I was going to be taken care of week after week. and um, And then also... The decision to come to Melbourne was helped by the fact that I was in contact prior to coming with some um, sports sociologists at Victoria University who were encouraging me and said that they would be able to probably find a space for me in their group at the Institute of Health and Sport. So, yeah, it was kind of like the combination of everything that came together. And then um, it was about halfway through last year that I got a, an email or message from um from Gareth our assistant coach now at Victory saying that uh they would be interested in in seeing me play having me trial and then see if there was a possibility for a contract spot to open up and so I did I trialed between like August and um about a week before um W League preseason started is when I found out that I would be uh offered a contract at Victory so it was kind of a 
it was probably not the way that I would have imagined I would have ended up in W League, but I think W League was always my ultimate goal. It's like I was coming here, but with the mindset that I wanted to break into the W League. So uh, things worked out probably better than I could have imagined in that way. So it's your first W League season. You've come into this Melbourne victory side. What was, I suppose, those first few weeks like meeting the girls also under the kind of lockdown cloud that we were all under in Melbourne? What were those first few weeks like considering everything? I think I expected it to be a lot a lot harder than it was. Honestly, I think we were all so thrilled to finally be playing with other people again that it was like a, I don't know, there just seemed to be a lot of joy in like, an eagerness to be playing again. So I think it, it was great. And the girls were all very welcoming from the start. Uh, we didn't have our full squad there from the get-go. It was mostly the girls who were still located out of Melbourne, but um, I already had good feelings about the vibes on the team and um, everyone was just very positive and encouraging. And um, sometimes that's hard in a competitive environment to create that sort of inclusive feeling as well. But um, yeah, I think, that's one of the things that I think makes this team particularly special is that um, we really are friends on and off the pitch. So it makes, you know, spending so much time together that much better. And coming from America as well, Gabby, like you're one of the few American sort of born players who have come across to the W League this season. How, you know, how did you hear about the W League sort of growing up over there and, and how have you found the sort of level? Yeah, so I think I'd heard of W League before because back when I was still like in uni or even beforehand, I think W League was one of the few professional leagues for women that was actually in existence. Because I, when I graduated um, from Rice, that was the very first year of the NWSL, I think. And But I knew that the W League still existed because there were players um, from that generation, maybe just right before me, like Lori Lindsay, for example, who had come over and played. So it was it was kind of... Um, like I knew it was there and I, I knew it was a, as a good quality, good quality league. Um, but then obviously right after university, I, I moved to Argentina. So it was a bit of a shift. So it was kind of a, a roundabout way. I just stayed in the Southern hemisphere, but uh, I just crossed the, <laughs> crossed the ocean. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the quality of the league is definitely up there. I'd say it's, if it's not directly competing with MWSL or the WSL, maybe it's just that, that next step, like right below, that's a, that's a good, it's a probably a equal with the, with the better, better leagues in Europe, I think. And I think what's also great about W League is that it is so competitive. You really don't know how each game is going to go. You can't really ever say, oh yeah, we're playing so-and-so. It's going to be an easy match. Like there are no easy matches in W League. So I think Perth, even though they weren't able to get a win this season, for example, it was never an easy game going into face Perth because like they had a lot of young talent a lot of drive. They weren't scared. Um, they came into games pretty fearless. So um, I think that's definitely a positive of the W League. Um, that's something that some of the, like France and Spain can't really say because there's not really much competition between the first and second teams and the rest of the league. So, so you mentioned there that there's a lot of, com like the competition in the W League is really great. And there were a few moments this season where victory sort of suffered some bad losses and you mentioned that group was really tight so how did you go about rebuilding from there um and was there anything that you did as a squad to like reinstill that belief in yourselves to get to where you are now where you're competing in a grand final yeah, I think it was um a combination of the squad but also the coaching staff I think um I, one thing that stood out to me is after that 
the Brisbane game when we got smashed um, as a goalkeeper, it's it's hard, even if maybe there wasn't much that you felt I felt I could have done on some of the goals. And sometimes it just, just happens. Sometimes I think Brisbane had one of those days that every time they were coming at us, it was going to be either a goal or a very good opportunity for a goal. Um, they're an extremely dangerous team. And um, I don't know, it's just, it wasn't our best day and it was their best day. So just a mix of everything. Um, but I remember Jeff uh, saying to me after the game, he's like, yep, I've had one of those, but all nine goals were my fault. So he like, it was, uh, I think as a, as a coach, it's, it's, sometimes it's good to remind players that those days happen, that it's not just, it's, that's not going to define our season. And I think that was the biggest thing that we took out of that, that it was, um, there were things on that day that we could not do again. Like those are things that we don't want to repeat errors, mistakes, um, attitudes, things that we didn't want in our, in our group and in our team. And I think the next games, um, we, we kind of put our focus, talked about that game the day after, and then we put our focus on what was to come and really just focusing week to week on, okay, well, this week we're facing Adelaide, this week we're facing Newcastle. Say, so what are we, what are we going to do? Cause we need to get those three points every week. It was all right. Let's aim for those three points. And, um, I think it just, was a kind of a matter of time before we began to find our identity on the pitch and, and really began to perform um, probably up to what we're capable of. I'm interested in your take on Jeff Hopkins as a coach. Lots of people speak very glowingly of him. So I'd love to know how you find him as a coach and particularly in these last couple of weeks where you've had, you know, huge game up against Sydney for to decide the Premier's plate and then a semi-final against Brisbane, which, you know, you guys lost very badly last time around. What's he been like throughout the whole season, but particularly in these last couple of weeks as well? I think one of the things that everyone kind of talks about when they talk about Jeff is that, you know, he cares about you. He cares about us primarily as, as people and then we're players. So I think that's something that um, at the end of the day, you're managing a group of people. And I think he recognizes that and does a really great job of keeping that human aspect um, in his coaching. And yeah, I think it was never, it was always clear to us as well that he has belief and confidence. I think he's also a coach that doesn't instill fear into his players. Like sometimes, like I've had coaches in the past that it's always like, don't make this mistake or don't do this or don't do that. And they're always focusing on the negative. I think um, he encourages us to play. He encourages us to make mistakes because that's when you grow. Usually it's when you're trying something new and, you know, you're going to mess up and that's okay. Uh, as long as, you know, you have the team behind you and you're able to, to move on from that and, and grow. I think that's something that um, I really appreciate from him uh, as a coach is that, that confidence that he instills in everyone on the team um, from the players that might have not gotten as many minutes this year as to the ones who have played every minute of every game. So um, I think it's also creating that, making sure that every player feels they have value because at the end of the day, we're an 18 player squad. So it might be 11 of us in the starting lineup. It might be six of us in that, uh, in the PFA team of the year, but I think we wouldn't be there without everybody in the team behind us and, and doing their job as well. We'll bring it back to kind of W League chat. You've mentioned, you know, it's your first season and you've been joined by a lot of players where it's their first season in W League as well, particularly in that kind of defensive unit for victory. So we had your captain, Angie Beard, on last week and she was bigging up the defensive unit. So how have you found working with, you know, the likes of Angie, Kayla Morrison, Claudia Bunge, Polly Doran? How have you found, you know, those players in the defensive unit as a whole? Well, I think 
Angie has been absolutely key in like helping us as well through our transition into W League. I think um, with her experience and also like her personality, it's it's been a good way to kind of um, give us confidence as well as we come as we were coming into league without especially those first few games. Um, we had some tough tests against Brisbane and then um, Melbourne City as well. And I think like she she was very central in that. And then also, I think it's it's been cool to see well, Kayla Morrison is a phenomenal player. Just uh, anywhere she would be, anywhere she would play, she would be phenomenal. She's just, um, I love her calmness on the ball, her just her composure. She just never seems fussed. Like it's, it could be a crazy, crazy difficult situation at the end of the day, Kayla's going to come out with the ball. So it's like, as a goalkeeper, it's great to have a player like that in front of you. I think Brisbane would say the same probably about Polk's like, what she that sort of confidence that she gives you but I feel like Kayla has really stepped into that role and then I think in in with Bungie and and Polly uh, they're two players who have game to game improved massively they've taken huge steps in maturing as as players and also leaders on the pitch um, I, I sometimes you forget that they're so young I think Bungie is like maybe 2021 Polly's 19 but they've both matured so much and it's it's really great to see um to see how they've stepped up um yeah I think Polly is definitely going to be one to watch in the next few seasons she's really um we tease her a lot because I think in one of the games that I think Teo was commentating he mentioned the the force that is Polly Doran and really I think he was he was right like she's a she is a force to be reckoned with um and also her constant positivity and, and hard work ethic I think she's going to be one to watch and I think Bungie as well like um she's great in the air um she's solid put in some really she had a really important block last game as well um so I think yeah it's it's funny because it's also everyone in that group everyone's very friendly very nice so sometimes we lack maybe that one to really just dig into us if someone makes an error. But at the same time, I think that could also be a strong point. Like you have someone that comes around you after an error rather than maybe, you know, pushing you down once you're already down. So um, yeah. And I think communication has gotten better throughout the season. It's yeah. It, I think we've really kind of gelled into a, a cohesive unit. Whereas at the very beginning of the season it was kind of like, we were just getting to know each other. Speaking of players that you have personally really big raps on, outside of Melbourne Victory, which players have most impressed you? Not perhaps just from Sydney FC, but across the league and maybe even from teams that didn't make the top four. Are there any players that really stand out to you? Yeah, actually, um, it might be a surprising one, but Hannah Lowry from Perth, I was like, this girl has got, I think she's got a huge future ahead of her. I thought she was quite good. Um, also, Moreno, like very, very, technical very very good I think I like her vision as well on the pitch um obviously I think Roar it's hard to pick just one from Roar example I've, I think their attacking unit is absolutely like I don't know so impressive even I think Isabel Dalton's a player that's probably gone a bit more unrecognized than what she deserved I think this season I thought she was absolutely phenomenal in terms of um, I think she she might have led the league in assists or had been up there as well. Um, live chance. I don't know. I love watching Brisbane play. I don't like playing against them, but um, yeah, I think it was it was great to play against the likes of like Tamika Yallop and and Gilnick and um, I think Polks is is just phenomenal as well. Um, 
it was it was good to see I mean I think maybe it's just because I'm not I haven't been in Melbourne for a long time but uh, I did train with City at the beginning of last year and so it was good to see them kind of come to uh, you know come together a bit more towards the end of the season and um, I think probably everyone would agree that one of the better moments of the season was you know Raleigh Dobson's goal and engagement after her retirement so that was that was good to see um, but yeah I think there's probably other players that their names aren't coming to mind right now but like and I remember that at least in every team we've played there's been a standout at least a couple of players that have stood out to me um which I think is it's great because to have that sort of distribution of talent across the league is important you mentioned they're being impressed by Brisbane um and I've asked the same question to everyone who's come on but there's been a couple of teams that were unlucky to miss out um at that later end of the season on finals and really built momentum. Um, and yeah, in the short season, probably didn't have that time to gel as early on, but is there anyone that if you were playing in the W league next year, you'd be a little bit scared of coming up against um, in from those teams? Yeah. I guess I forgot to mention Western Sydney and Adelaide as well. I think I really, Western Sydney impressed me in how, how much they grew towards the end of the season. I think that the Western Sydney we faced and that some of the teams that faced them later on was not the same Western Sydney that like the teams that played them initially did. Um, I thought they have a lot of, they, they do have a lot of really young, um, young talented players who I think have a, have a big future ahead of them. And I, I do kind of hope that, I mean, maybe as a victory play, I would hope that they wouldn't all stick together, but like for the, for the good of the league, I think it would be great to see that, that Western Sydney side come together and, and continue to play that way. Um, that kind of exciting football. And then, yeah, Adelaide, it was, I mean, it stinks when it comes down to that last game, but obviously I think they'd probably say that maybe those points, some of the points that they dropped earlier on in the season, what would, what ended up costing them probably making finals, but yeah, I agree. A full home and away season would be ideal because it also kind of gives that much more importance to the premier's title as well, because it's like, okay, well, you've played everybody twice. All right. And you've demonstrated week to week, week after week that you, you know, you are the best. Um, I think that would be a big step towards improving the W league as well. But, um, but yeah, it's, I, th- I would definitely say Western Sydney and Adelaide are probably the two teams that, next year we'll be probably looking to break into that finals spot and make it that much more difficult for the teams that were in finals this year to stay there. I'm glad you mentioned the Premier's Plate game because obviously that was a a huge game and that's your opponents for this Sunday's grand final. How much of that match do you kind of take and then use as preparation or in your preparation for the game on Sunday? I think it helps because we know a bit more what to expect from Sydney. Um, I don't think that we'll necessarily play the same way that we played that game. Um, It'll be nice playing on a grass pitch as well this time around um, with a week of preparation rather than, you know, it was, it was pretty tough. We came off of playing Perth on a Sunday, then we played Sydney on a Wednesday, then to go play Brisbane again on Sunday. It was a, it was a strange week at one. Um, but yeah, I think you can take things, maybe see what things kind of worked for us in that game, what things didn't. We know a bit more what to expect from them in terms of, of their attack and their threats. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard not to feel a bit like that was a bit unlucky with just like the two set piece goals, but that's football sometimes. And obviously they took advantage of those opportunities. So um, it'll just be a matter of maybe being a bit 
tighter, smarter on the box, making sure that, you know, we're not giving up fouls in those dangerous areas. Um, and then, yeah, probably being more effective in our attack as well, maybe perhaps a bit more direct like we were against Brisbane. Are there any Sydney FC players that you guys are particularly worried about or that you've been told to keep a specific eye on this coming Sunday? I mean, I think it's it's the ones that you would expect probably. I think, you know, um, Abini and, you know, Seamson's definitely a threat in the box. She's, a, she's an out-and-out out nine. So, like, you know, she's the ball's in the area and you got to watch out for her. Um, and then, like, Polias's free kicks and, and their set pieces. They're very, very good on set pieces. So, um, yeah, it, the biggest thing is that making sure we're focused, especially if, they're, if they have any corners or, or sort of, like, well, set pieces in any sort of dangerous areas, I think. Sydney's always a threat there and on the counter. So, but yeah, I think that would be probably, probably what most concerns us, but obviously I think their midfield unit as well is quite good. They're very, they're very organized squad. So um, a bit tough to break down. So that'll be the challenge for sure on Sunday. Gabby, I don't know if you've listened to any of our previous uh, finals preview episodes, but there is a great debate currently occurring uh, through the halls of the W League when it comes to, avocado on toast so we asked uh, the, the four guests for the semi-final whether number one they are avocado on toast fans number two whether it's part of their sort of pre-match rituals or routines and number three if not what is your go-to breakfast before a big game yeah I think I did hear the one that you do with Ange but she didn't she doesn't like avocado so her you know she's weird <laughs> no um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how she lives in Melbourne and she doesn't like a smashed ava, but yeah. Right, yeah. right. What a fraud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I think, um, was it George, Georgie Worth was on that one too, right? And she was saying that they weren't allowed to have or not supposed to have it on game day. Yeah. Um, we have the same nutritionist, which makes it kind of funny. I mean, we have a different nutritionist working with each team, but the same team of nutritionists working with both of our clubs. So I thought it was funny because I don't really remember ever being told that we can't have avocado on toast on game day. But if it's it's usually when we're on the road that like if the hotel has avocado and toast with an egg, like I will have that for my breakfast. It's great. But otherwise, um, it's just like we're playing on a Sunday. I usually wake up and make pancakes. So I'll have pancakes with my partner and then, um, you know, get start thinking about the game, go for a walk, whatever else. Pre-game ritual starts then. Yeah, so like outside of diet stuff, do you have any particular routines or superstitions, anything that you do before any game or just big games? Does it change? Is it the same? What do you do? Yeah, I think it's it's more of like getting in the mindset. So I don't know that it's actually superstition, but um, I like to go for a walk in the morning to grab a coffee, have a little stretch. Um, and then if there's time in the afternoon, I do kind of not like a full on nap, but like, I like to doze off. So usually I will put on like a, I love falling asleep to football games that I don't really care about that have already happened. It's, it might be a bit weird, but like, um, or not necessarily games I don't care about. It could be a game that's already occurred that I've maybe seen the score. I, I don't know. Like I like watching the WSL games or I was watching, I think um, before we played Sydney the last time I, I put on the women's champions league game, PSG and Leon um and just had that on in the background as I kind of dozed off and rested a bit and then um then yeah I don't know I think it's maybe my superstition is that I always wear the same sports bra like I have this sports bra that I've worn for I don't know 
I don't know how it's still like intact, but um, I think Nike made some really good sports bras back in the day. And that's the one that that's my go-to one. But other than that, not, not super superstitious. So last kind of question from me, I posed it to Claire as well from Sydney. What's the thing that maybe the media or the fans or just kind of the W League public in general haven't been talking about with this victory side that you wish they were? Amy Jackson. <laughs> I think Amy Jackson has been um, like the most underrated player in the W League. She's been, um, I think we talk about the defense a lot and as I think they deserve, but a big part of that defensive effort is, you know, starts from our six and Amy, she's just um, so good in the air. Like I think in aerial duels, she's like, she wins the majority of them every single game, very consistent and just a hard worker in there. And I think she's, she's one that the media don't talk about enough, I think. And she's been in the league for a long time. And also what she brings in terms of her experience and her leadership, um, you know, in the, in the change room and, and on the pitch, like I think she's, um, yeah, deserving of a bit more, a bit more love and attention. But uh, I don't think the thing is like her personality. She would never say that or ask for it. She's just that she's happy to be in that sort of worker bee role and just you know week in week out do her job. And uh, yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing as well is um, like the fact that this season kind of opened up opportunities for for newer faces to come in and, and maybe start to rethink um, what the W league is and where it sees itself as well in the grand scheme of things, like what kind of players they want to have in the league, what kind of league it wants to be. So, um, but yeah, and that's actually kind of a tough question, Marissa. I like it. Um, but yeah, I would have to say Amy Jackson, hundred percent. Yeah. Gabby, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting to us. We wish you the absolute best of luck on Sunday and hopefully we can get you back on for another chat because we've had an absolute ball. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It was a great time talking. I, you, you can get me talking and then you won't get me to stop. That's the problem. So that's my, uh, I don't know if that's my the goalkeeper in me or maybe the, the future professor, but I don't know, <laughs> one of the two. But thanks a lot for, for the invitation. Appreciate it.